we're back. <laughs> sorry, sorry Whoa. for sorry for the two week episode gap, everyone. First time in fifteen years we've done that, but this is finally episode nine seventy two of the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, no, where are you? I'm I don't Houston. know. Houston, Texas, downtown Emily Brown. Hello. And filling in for our very own Derek Miner today is Relevant Senior Editor, Tyler Huckabee. Howdy. Derek is in D.C. as we're recording this right now, doing an amazing event with his organization called We Own Now, which helps uh, address the racial wealth inequity gap, right? Mm -hmm. And so they are having some meetings in D.C., some great artists and leaders are there. It's a really amazing event. He was very sad. He missing the podcast but it's for good reason i was gonna say it, that seems like a, a very uh worthy reason the word, to yeah. not, there's yeah. a reason to skip you know, the podcast yeah, yeah join us for you know pontificating about literally god knows what for the next hour jamie ivy <laughs> is is skipping the podcast because she is in italy on a month-long oh. vacation so she's got a good reason she's unplugging Fine. with her family so that's a good reason. So it's, you know, family family show today. Now, Jesse, do we do we address why we missed a week of podcasting for the first time in since 2005? I mean, I have I have no issue with I I I was supposed to be in Wyoming with with you, Cameron. Um, yeah, Derek, um, Prop, some friends, uh you a bunch of us go out Wyoming or Montana every year. You were going in 2 days before the trip, who calls who and says what? I, I believe I texted you, and it was a picture of the dreaded uh, positive COVID. Uh, I thought you guys were having baby number three. I thought at a glance, <laughs> positive. Yay, congratulations, buddy. No. They do look a little bit similar. They do at a glance. Like if you don't, if you're not super familiar with either one, then you could send, then you could go, is this a, is this a yay or a, or a it, is this good news or bad news? Well, regardless, I said, oh no. So no, I, hopefully I, I got would, it no, right. He, he, yeah. he, he texted me. I was wondering why he texted it back just those praise hands. Like, <laughs> like, wow, that's an odd one. Like baby rattles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I um, uh, just I don't know. Forty eight hours before I was supposed to be on a plane, I started feeling. Uh, in my mind, it was just a cold. Like, yeah. oh, this will be nothing. And sure enough, long story short, I it, it finally it finally caught up to me, and I had I had a pretty rough weekend. The first weekend, I did. I had it bounced back okay, but. Uh, you know, I, it was a lot of it was a lot of sitting in a room by myself, binge watching while uh, Cameron was showing the beautiful Wyoming countryside. But um, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a you know I knew it was gonna I knew it was a matter of time. You know what I mean? Like I feel like at this point, if you haven't had it, uh, yeah, you know, this was I, your I, first round, right? This was yeah, your yeah. This was first time at bat. Was it about what you thought like COVID would be? I thought I didn't. To be honest, it hit me harder than I thought it was. Like I knew uh -huh. that you had could a bad, happen. You had a bad one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew it could be, you know, very unpleasant, but it, it was, it was worse than I thought it was going to be for me personally. But, uh, but hey, back on my feet now. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a bummer to miss the trip. But uh, you know, Cameron, I appreciate has come back because I feel like you know I'm trying to get my my health back, 
And we, and as soon as we sign, are on, you we seriously see you're about to make fun of my water bottle? We, we, I was going to bring it up eventually. <laughs> yeah, basically, somebody's... Cameron is drinking out of an industrial trash can size. Uh, uh, you, you know those? Know, you know, know those? Those lifting it with one. You know those arm. huge water jugs that you have to flip upside down in <laughs> an office. Yeah. That's what that's my yeah. water bottle it's, looks like right now. He has one of those with a handle, and I, I'm impressed right that he's even your head, lifting Cameron. it. It's bigger than your head. It's a gallon of water. It's a gallon of water in one water bottle. It's 128. It's a milk jug. Yeah. I'm it's intimidated by it, and I'm not even drinking that much water. But I hate is, water, first of all. Hate it. Sure. Uh, but uh, there's uh, 128 ounces, and there's a little time indicator throughout the day. 11 a.m., you should be here, not, you know, whatever, as you go down the day. And it gives you, like, motivational sayings. Yeah, to what's help. the language? What does it um, say? It's like, 7 a.m., ready? Go. 9 a.m., <laughs> go for it. 11 a.m., believe yourself. 1 p.m., remember your goal. 3 p.m. Shoot for success. 5 p.m. Don't give up. 7 p.m. Almost there. 9 p.m. You made it. I, I love it. It's like the Peloton instructor of water bottles. <laughs> like they're just cheering you on with motivational nonsense for the I was entirety of. A you go, girl, on there at yeah. some point. But well, this this was a gift from our, our very own Gab. So it was a birthday gift for me a couple years mm. ago, and I'm putting it to good use. Yeah, after a trip like Wyoming, there's several of us that are like, you know what? <laughs> We we need to we need to kind of get some stuff in our lives back on track. Uh, so we're we're reading and praying and starting and, off with and drinking, drinking water, an, an enormous amount of water every day, <laughs> exercising every day. Like we're literally like, okay, guys, we need to like shape, shape I, I up here. I love it that that you've combined uh, uh, you know drinking what appears to be about fourteen gallons of water along with positive self talk in one <laughs> in one thing. That's it's, very impressive. Hey, Amazon, it's amazing what you can find. On Are Amazon. you at your goal for where you're supposed to be right now? Well, that's a good question. Uh, 11, what time is it right now? It's uh, 12, 12 o'clock noon. I am halfway in between the 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. hash marks. Okay. Okay. So I am, okay. I'm I right on pace. Yeah, right. I want one. I want one of those, but I want it to say things that you know are are just profoundly disappointed that you haven't drinking up to that point in the day yet. Like seriously, this is all. Yeah, this is your kidneys talking. You're dehydrated. Come on now, you're better than this. Like I want one that's a, get a little harder edge to it. You know? Tough love, tough love. I, I tough love water. I'll, I've been doing this for a couple of days now, and I slept great last night. It was like. I don't know the, the hydration. I, this one of these is literally Unfortunately, more. The water people are correct. It does. It helps. I, I hate that they're right, but it does make a difference. Sadly, other than a bottle of water, like if I'm doing a workout or something like that, just a normal living. This is more water than I've consumed in the last three months combined. I mean, this is like one day now. <laughs> It is definitely going to do something. We'll see. You know, Cameron, if that doesn't work, this is, and this is a true thing. There is a, there's a a senator here in the great state of Tennessee, and he has been photographed many times while sitting and making, you know, making laws and and keeping us safe. And, and well, in Tennessee, it's more about taking away laws, but you know what I mean? He's, it's his job. And he has been photographed many times. I'll send you a picture of it. You guys can see in your text, drinking out of a bottle of Hershey's syrup. While they're on the state floor, you can see uh, you can see the photo that I just sent you, and uh, and this is his and what he says, what he claims when asked about this by reporters is that he's just very frugal, and whenever they get a bottle of Hershey syrup in the house, he rinses it out and uses it as a water bottle oh, no. for a few days instead of actually getting a, a water bottle. I choose to believe that is a lie, and that he yeah. just likes to. Ju- 
This likes to drain Hershey's syrup I, out I mean, of the bottle. If on that the, on was the true, he'd be showing up with ketchup and mustard bottles. Like, why, <laughs> why is it only Hershey's? Hershey's why, why it's, it's only Hershey's? Up. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's a is lot of like holes in the story. There's a little bit of like chocolate residue in it. So he's really just drinking chocolate. Like kind of a slightly sweetened like chocolate water. That sounds pretty gross. That I don't know. It's not. It's not. I don't think it has the same motivational power as your water bottle, Cameron. But it is. Everybody's got their own. Whatever it takes to get hydrated. I'm. I'm proud of. I, I'm proud of him. Because that's I'm a good sure example. It's even in his water own in there. What if no, it's still I think, just I think a it's normal just, chocolate? Syrup? I think it's just Hershey's. <laughs> I do. I do think so. I, that's my theory. It, it's my working theory. I don't like, know. I can't prove it but I'm saying it. He, it's I almost mean, like I, he didn't want to go through the hassle of chewing candy. He just like straight IV, <laughs> pump it into my brains, liquefy it for me already. Just take a little it, 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 It's like of a it. brilliance of fun dip. It's like when I want sugar and I'm just, and I don't even want it in candy form. Just give me straight powder. It's, you a, know? Like, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a chocolate flask. That's the dude is That's a chocoholic. It it's, it's like what Willy Wonka would do. Yeah. <laughs> I think if I did this, I think if this was my thing, Willy Wonka I just was, like late in life off the rails. He's homeless or something. You know, just no on ideas. the street, just <laughs> chugging Hershey's, <laughs> dumping it down, dumping it down the gullet. <laughs> I think if this was my thing, I would get like a, I would, I would have a water bottle and it'd be labeled something very conspicuous, like just water or something like that. And if it was actually Hershey's syrup, like <laughs> no worries here. This is my water bottle. I've seen TikToks of like people going on cruises and stuff and you can't bring libations with you onto the cruise because they want to sell it to you. So I've seen uh, TikToks of people taking like Listerine bottles, filling it with uh-huh. certain concoctions and then putting a little blue dye in it or something, you know, and, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and that's the way they smuggle it. That's what you'd be doing. You'd be uh, doing that yeah, with that'd chocolate. Be thing. That'd be my thing. Uh, going right. in a Sprite bottle. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, Brian and Katie Torwalt join us. Some of our favorite worship artists. They're awesome. They're coming up later. You don't want to miss it. We also have your feedback. Hilarious question of the week coming up. But stay tuned right now. Coming up next, it's Relevant Buzz. listening to Jordana. The song is Catch My Drift. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Relevant Buzz. Please welcome to the podcast, Relevant Senior Editor, Tyler Huckabee, <laughs> who's been here the entire time telling us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, Tyler. <laughs> hey, everybody. We're wearing <laughs> right. a lot of hats today. It's, it's, a, it's a slim dip. It's yeah, like it's summer a, break. People coming yeah, and going. Yeah, People yeah, wearing yeah, different yeah, roles. Yeah. We got to fill in for each other. All right. So what's going on? 
Um, well, with last week off, obviously it was a very busy week and there was a lot of uh, news to cover, of course, including the, the tra very, very tragic shooting down in Texas, which we've been covering extensively on the site uh, to learn more about that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com where we've been trying to stay as on top of that story as we can. A few things that kind of flew under the radar that I think are also worth noting that definitely fall under the relevant buzz. One, a, a big story, this is really interesting and we're going to be trying to follow this one, uh, was a story that came from MIA. The uh, the artist she is uh, her 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 birth name is Maya, but I think she only goes now by by M I A. She has a new album coming out, first one in a while. She went on the Apple Music One uh, show to talk with Zane Lowe about it, and while she was there, she talked about a her conversion experience and how in 2017 she had a vision of Jesus that convinced her to become a Christian. Uh, she said, uh, this, is a, this is a direct quote from that show. She said, being a Hindu, I was very comfortable and I had arrived finding myself, which is I think going to be weird for America to process, but I had a vision. And I saw this vision of Jesus Christ. It was a very, very crazy thing and it turned my world upside down. Everything I thought and believed was no longer the case. I think that was maybe a sign that something major was going to happen in the world and that people were needing to be introduced to this concept. I always found the concept of Christianity quite basic compared to, and then she got a little flustered and she said, wow, this is going to be shocking. People are going to say Maya called Christianity basic. Um, and then Zane says, I think what people are focusing on, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying you're a born-again Christian now? And then she confirmed that's the case. She said, I am. I'm not going to lie. That Then when I had this vision, it turned my world upside down. I couldn't let go of the side of me. Um, and I think that's about why 50% of the record is sort of like that. And she's referring to the spiritual content on her upcoming album. I'm still me. That's still my language. Spirituality is the tool that I use to create beats and create sound like that. But the message and the history is, even if this costs me my career, I won't lie. I will tell the truth and I will tell you what's on my mind and my heart. If I'm coming back now saying Jesus is real, there's a point for that. Basically, she says, all of my fans might turn against me, which is if you've been following MIA's career, she has definitely made her Hindu religion a big part of her life. She's a, a displaced person. She was born in London, but she has made uh, advocacy for displaced people around the world a huge part of her story. So this is a significant shift. This is not, she was not sort of quietly one religion and is quietly converting to another. And I think anytime it's very rare for people to have sort of these late career, late personal life. Uh, conversion story that doesn't happen very much. Typically, the religion that you're raised in is sort of the one that you have for a long time. But this is a really interesting, the, the, to me, I, I find these stories very fascinating. It's particularly interesting for somebody like MIA, for whom her uh, religion as a Hindu had been such a huge part of her life. It'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. And if some of you don't have amazing taste in music, here's a clip of a little bit of MIA so you can kind of connect the dots. Everyone's a winner, we're making our fame. Bonafide hustler, making my name. That's right. awesome. Uh, little, maybe a little foreshadowing that there, there's maybe is more to come in the relevant. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Keep your eyes peeled. Watch get, this space. I get excited. I watch, watch this space. Um, uh, so there's also, this is a story. This is, this is one of one thing that we at relevant try to do is, is we want to be, uh, we want to make sure that we're, we're telling the truth. And if a story starts going around, 
that is not the case. We want to try to debunk that and make sure that we're using it. That we're, that we're, we're myth busters. We're exactly. gonna put it to the you, test. I love myth. I love myth oh, busting. Yeah. Myth busting is my. It's that's that's just that is, that is that is that is that is gas in my just tank. A hobby. Oh, I, I love doing it. I seek out myths and then I bust them. And then I bust them. <laughs> it's, it's easy. It's easy. I, I love doing it. And there, there is, there is one that gained a lot of steam uh, this week that is pat, that is going around quite a bit. And it does kind of fall a little bit into our radar. So I want to make sure that we that we address it and we're busting a myth here. So you may have seen, if you've been on the internet, you've seen what what would be certainly a very troubling story that's been gaining traction in some circles, according to multiple outlets, including uh, very well, very very well respected outlets. High schools in Oak Park, Illinois, are introducing a new, what they're calling equity-based system of grading, which will, and this is a quote from these, from these outlets, raise the grade point averages of black students and lower scores of high-achieving Asian, white, and Hispanic ones, end quote. Now, that would obviously be very concerning if something like that were to happen. Uh, people were understandably outraged. They were, of course, blaming critical race theory and things like that, like the sort of like wokest regime that's now coming for the students' grades. And uh, such a race-based grading system would be outrageous if it were true. But of course, this is not actually the case. Um, it's, what? Now, it is oh, true. Oh, Tyler, there's yeah, false yeah. information on the internet? On the internet. Yeah, I know. This is I know. the first time it's ever happened. <laughs> This is this is this is this is disturbing news. I might need to relitigate some of the worldviews that I've developed from perusing social media sites for the last five years. So yeah, this is this is if you saw this on the internet, I hate to break it to you. This is not a this is not actually a true story. This isn't what's happening. So it is true that Oak Park and River Forest High School is making some changes to its grading system that is going to try to account for things outside of students' control. So instead of docking grades for things like turning in assignments late or being late to class, teachers are going to try to adopt more lenient policies around things like late assignments and redos on exams. Now, these changes are being applied across the board, not just not, you know, it's not like this does apply to students of one ethnicity and not to another. They're just trying to, they use some research that studied how to help kids succeed who are coming from difficult backgrounds and trying to remove some of those obstacles that are there for them, but maybe are a little bit easier for kids from more privileged or higher class backgrounds. But these are not being weighed in any sort of uh, in any sort of way that is different for different students from different any sort of different background, racial, socioeconomic, or anything like that. Um, so it is according to the official statement that was released by the high school, they said they do not, nor have they ever had a plan to grade any students differently based on race that did not stop an outlet called the West cook news, which uh, as far as I can tell, sort of patient zero here from reporting that quote, Oak park and river forest high school administrators will require teachers next school year to adjust their classroom grading scales to account for the skin color or ethnicity of its students. That story got picked up by the National Review, and then it was kind of off to the races for the rest of the internet without anybody doing any fact checking on it. But and now it's too late, you know. And now these the right. school is getting all sorts of crazy, like these these wild voicemails from these from people all over the country telling them that they're being racist. So was was there any correction to to the original? Well, the, the Huckabee correction is going to roll you're, out you're now. Listening to it. You're, listening you're listening to the listening correction. To it. Yeah, you're part of the correction. The, <laughs> the high school did put out their own correction. Uh, they, they did put out what you can read over at relevantmagazine.com. I put it there in full saying that they, were, they felt it was very unfortunate. It was a single, this was all based on a single slide that did say where they admitted this would help 
uh, this, they hope this would help people from different backgrounds have an easier time in school. But that was construed to mean that it would be, you know, you would be weighting these grades in some sort of way. I, I was telling you this earlier this morning, Cameron, I think some people are just kind of like believing that our public schools are out of control and the, the, the wokists are taken over and there's nothing we can do about it, yeah. even though the actual evidence there isn't, isn't really there's nothing tangible there. Uh, well, but that's the thing you in the had age me at evidence, Tyler. I'm more, <laughs> of a, more of a gut kind of guy. You know, if something feels something don't feel right, I just speculate wildly that uh, it's the worst case scenario. So, you know, you have your evidence. It really I stinks that evidence is always in air quotes now because if somebody can hear actual evidence about something that they disagree with, they immediately are listening to it or assuming that well, I can find other evidence to disprove you. You know what I'm saying? Like there, th nobody believes evidence anymore. You know, but oh well, uh -huh. yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, well, you you can have your facts, Tyler. I'll go with <laughs> just pure blind healing. outrage. My gut has <laughs> yeah. never gone against me, except it sounds. Except after I went to Waffle House that one night at 2 a.m. and my gut uh, definitely went against. Except like sixty percent of the time, but. <laughs> <laughs> thrice divorced angry at the world my gut's never wrong well it's been wrong a few times all right what else you got uh last story this is just kind of i, I kind of like when these stories happen um we were emily i know you've dug into a little bit jesse have you dug into stranger things you, are you are you on the stranger things train at all do you have any is that your bag I, not, not for you know since like season one it, it, like yeah. I, I have a deep appreciation for the show and the concept and the style but uh it, you know i feel like it, it's it, on the hierarchy of shows that i feel obligated to watch it's it's pretty low right now but but i do mm -hmm. appreciate it you know and Cameron, that was you too, right? Season I, uh, one, he like couldn't. He took the words out of my mouth. Watch season one. Understood the cultural phenomenon. Yeah, I, I get, get it. it. It's good. Haven't felt compelled to come back three more times. So, well, it's, I and now loved it's this, each more season yeah. than the last. So I will be the really? sole stranger. That's interesting because most of the hot takes I see on the internet is that two and three were a letdown. But four is back to the glory glory years. I think they are very different, but I liked them. So. But I wasn't, so I wasn't let okay. down by them. Okay. I do think that they they have like a different tone than the first season. And I do think this season is getting back to the first one. Interesting. Did you wrap? Have you wrapped? Have you seen the whole season yet? The latest season? No, it or, takes like 20 hours when? to watch yeah, the that's season. The thing. It's like, they're like 90 minutes to two hour long episodes. That's why I'm like not doing it. Honestly, I just don't yeah. have that I kind think the of shortest time. one is like an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. No, thanks. That's crazy. No, thanks. I got a lot going on. I'm a, I'm a busy man. See, I don't, <laughs> and I think that's too long. It's cutting into it's cutting into Cameron's water drinking time, which is now about <laughs> four and a half hours uninterrupted of the day. Well, it is a cultural phenomenon. Obviously, it's far and away Netflix's most most uh, Im impact heavy show, and it's so impactful. And this is I, I found this to be very crazy. And Emily, you, we, we're not going to spoil anything here, but Emily, I believe <laughs> if, if you're right, the the song uh, "Running Up the Hill" by Kate Bush is a very significant like plot point right yes. the 1985 kate bush jam running up that hill factors in pretty heavily to i play it every time i go on my incline treadmill yeah <laughs> you should just put it you should just put it, it on the water so you're running the, up the, the hill treadmill plays it automatically the yeah. <laughs> 
it is it was so this song plays a is very it's an important part of the latest season of stranger things it apparently has captured the minds and the hearts of a new generation who's hearing it many of them for the first time on stranger things now it became so popular that as of yesterday uh we're recording this on wednesday june 1st as of tuesday may 31st it was the number one song on all genres on both itunes and spotify this stranger things has that that is a sort of power cultural power that just not many shows have and uh, and i i am surprised that stranger things is still able to bring a song let alone a 37 year old song to the very top of the charts based purely on i guess vibes people just like it you could have heard it at any point in the last almost 40 years and now it's become a a number one it's becoming a phenomenon all over again this does happen sometimes, but number one on Spotify and iTunes, that's tough, with, especially with a lot of new music out there right now. Like Harry Styles isn't number one on the charts. Here we're going to toss to it. But if you're listening yeah. to this podcast at the gym, which many of you are, if you're on the treadmill, hit that little incline button a little bit. Notch <laughs> it up, notch it up because the clip's coming. Here it goes. All right, here's Kate Bush. Very inspiring. Good vibes. It's it's powerful. I'm shocked, though. Highway to the Danger Zone is right now because I think we've all at this point. If you're seeing the new Top Gun, you've seen it by the time you're listening to this. You need to know a place within seconds of Tom Cruise appearing on screen. Personally, thanking you for going to see Top Gun. I mean, that's how the new Top Gun opens with his with Tom Cruise admiring the fact that he released another Top Gun and you were there to watch it. Okay, <laughs> all the cards are on the table. Wait, what? Yes. The what are you talking opens. about? You, you guys, Cameron, you saw it. I did see it. I'm and I'm not seen it yet. I have not seen it. Emily, did you see it? I have not. In my theater, in my theater, the film opens with Tom Cruise, not in character. He's just Tom Cruise looking direct directly into the camera. Thank you, New, for coming to see Top Gun. And I'm like, all right, you're welcome, Tom. Let's do it. And then Danger Zone starts. I, I was at a Regal Cinema. That might have been an AMC exclusive edition. Are you serious? I don't know. I have no recollection of that happening. Well, it was it was appreciated, Tom. If you <laughs> you. did you see it like opening night? <laughs> like, when did you see it, Jesse? Opening weekend. But uh, but I did watch. I saw opening weekend as well in IMAX. Mm-hmm. You'd think if anybody was going to get the special shout out, it's the people who paid double the cost to watch on a three three story yeah. movie screen. I didn't get any shout outs. Well, doesn't this mean that theoretically you could, if you go to the right showing, you could first see Nicole Kidman welcome you welcome you back to the movies, and then see Tom Cruise thank you for being at this movie. That That's an true. interesting little confluence of pop culture history all in one. I love that. I couldn't be more excited. That would get, I, I hope this, I'm seeing it tomorrow. I'm seeing it on Thursday and I will report back. Report back if you get the greetings. Yeah. I watched yeah. the original on Netflix the evening before I saw the new one. Sure. And uh, it's, you know, let's just say this filmmaking was different in the eighties. Okay? <laughs> there are extended dialogue list scene of, of guys just kind of hanging out that ser- don't serve the plot at all. I would say about 30% of that movie could be cut and it would not affect the plot <laughs> whatsoever. Um, I, took, I took my kid to see the new one and he was like, I don't, I haven't seen the first one. I don't know what's going on. And I basically told him this dude dies. This dude was the rival. That's all you need to know. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, and then well, he loved the movie. 
Well, the other thing about the original is if you rewatch it, they, they play Danger Zone. They just keep running it back. It plays no less than like five times. <laughs> well, well, why, why wouldn't you? If you pay your one license fee, it's unlimited use after that. Go ahead and <laughs> max it out. Is it only a one-time no, thing? No, I don't know. Like, I'm just kidding. Well, maybe back sense. in the 80s, they bought the song yeah, and they just want yeah. to keep playing it. Yeah. They couldn't afford Kenny six Logan, songs. I think Kenny Loggins in the 80s would just write songs specifically. They're like, hey, we need a song for Caddyshack. He's like, all right, I'm going to write. Of course a, they a, did. A golf, yeah. That's how they mean music. Think about like... Um, uh, the Arthur soundtrack or theme song, uh, Chris Christopherson, uh, caught between the moon and New York City and stuff. It was the opening theme song to the movie Arthur. They yeah. wrote, and he literally described the plot of the movie in the song. You know, they totally we wrote. Gotta bring that back. Like, I loved it. Back. I loved we gotta, it. We got to bring that back. No, yeah. Like, like real, like Prince did the Batman song. Like, I think we talked about that. Like eighty nine. We need more. We need more like more commissioning artists. Yeah, at yeah. the top of their games to be like, here's a script. Here's the vibe go it still happens because, sometimes but we need like a we need like the song to describe the plot of the movie because they're doing like the, the artists at the top of their game like the minion soundtrack we talked about a couple of shows ago sure yeah, it, yeah, yeah. but they're not writing those songs for mm-hmm. the plot of the movie they're just licensing certain songs to the filmmakers you know what i mean yeah. like remember back when will smith every song every movie that will smith was in would end with him kind of recapping what just happened in wow, verse, wow, chorus, verse, it, chorus, chorus, for yeah, that it, those were those were the golden days of Hollywood. It, it was like the opposite of a of a like a '90s sitcom where they basically just bring you up to speed on everything that's transpired in uh-huh. this family, and then the form uh-huh. of a 45 second little ditty. You know, Will Smith, yeah, would just recap the film in the form of uh, of you know that's a, hilarious. A that, like, <laughs> a who thought of doing that, and B, why did it stop? Like, it's like such a weird thing if you think yeah. about it. But yeah. Wild Wild West. And then there was a radio hit. It was just like the jingle from a movie. It's so random. Will Smith should have done it for the Venus and Serena Williams movie. He should have done like the whole, just the entire trajectory of, of the Williams sister's career in rap. It, it's a 20 minute ballad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite extensive. They've lived eventful lives. <laughs> the orchestra is playing. Oh man. All right. Well, that'll do it for Relevant Buzz. For all the latest, make sure to make relevantmagazine.com part of your daily web browsing and follow us on all the socials. All right. Thanks, Tyler. Stay tuned. Up next, Brian and Katie Torwalt join us. You're listening to Sports. The song is Baby Baby. Now, it's Baby Baby, but it's not the original. <laughs> it's not the Amy Grant version. And listening to Sports, you would think there would be a lot more, you know, sneaker squeaking and stuff. Interesting. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly a podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to 
keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, Brian and Katie Torwalt are joining us today. The worship duo recently dropped their brand new album, I've Got Good News. Our very own downtown Emily Brown spoke with them about why it's important for Christians to be constantly reminded of good news, even if it's sometimes too good to believe, and how the recent season of life has changed the worship industry. Here's our conversation with Brian and Katie Torwalt. Okay, you said this was a quick turnaround. So how did this album come together? Or when did this start coming together? Um, Yeah, so the album process, uh, we released a song last summer called Wouldn't It Be Like You. And I think when we came... January. Oh, it did, yeah. But we wrote it a a while ago. We wrote it in 2020. We recorded it in last summer. Yeah. Um, And so that was a perfect example of something that took a lot longer than we expected. It just wasn't the right time and it was just one song, but it released way after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when the pandemic happened as people that typically are on the road, leading worship, doing conferences, doing tours, whatever, we thought we're going to be home and we'll write and we'll, it'll be amazing. <laughs> and, I mean, we were going to use the best of that time to like create, you know, yeah. and I think it took a lot longer to actually write and have feel like we had something to say that was of value. <laughs> We just watched Netflix like the rest of everybody else. We didn't agree. That's okay. (laughs) And we just, you know, I mean, what are you going to say? Nobody has experienced anything like this. And um, Mm -hmm. I think there was a lot of people saying a lot of things. And so we just really felt like we were surprised by the fact that we just did not have a song kind of um, nothing was happening. Nothing was coming out. And so it took us probably a full year almost to start really writing and feeling like we had like a message that was worth sharing and and asking other people to sing and um, recording and everything. And so when that happened, the very first song that came out was Wouldn't It Be Like You. We still didn't know, like nobody knew, you know, in this last couple of years, what it was going to be like as the church, as Christians, and just like how Jesus was going to turn everything for good. Like, what was that going to look like? And so, um, but that song began like this, it opened up something for us writing and the rest of the album kind of flowed out of, out of that same story of um, it took us back to the gospels ultimately where Jesus of the Bible and of the gospels, the red letter Jesus was different than some of the Christianity maybe that we have, we have realized maybe is culturally Christianity more than it was um, how Jesus actually lived the last couple of years. So yeah, that's basically where the album yeah, out of. That's where it and, started. Uh, it started kind of us diving back into the gospels. Like she, like Katie was just saying, us diving back into yeah the words and the life of Jesus and some of the parables and the sermon on the Mount and like all those things. And we began to just write songs around us processing the gospels again and what that might look like for 2022. Mm-hmm. So yeah. His kingdom is humble, and the broken are blessed. Hallelujah, I love name. May we live and breathe your praise. And hallelujah, let all creatures. 
talk about you know the name of the album and one of the songs is called good news which um i think is just so important for 2022 um so i'd like to know you know what do you guys think it means to like hear or experience good news in this time in history yeah yeah i think we i I even like the backstory i think we started writing these songs around the gospels and katie for almost the whole part of this process is she's like i feel like we need to write a song that is around good news or it's called good news and it doesn't necessarily have to be the title track it doesn't necessarily but we felt like we that had to be part of the story because we're writing around like the gospels of jesus christ which is which is the good news and so honestly it's a song we tried to write like five different times with multiple different people it ended up being one of the last few songs that we we wrote and we just kept trying and trying until it 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 felt right and um, I, Katie can share more, but I I love when we were talking about it. She's like, I want to to almost uh, show an emotion through through the song, and we were really drawn to this passage, the passage of scripture uh, in John twenty, where Mary goes to the tomb to weep and to mourn, and she's in grief, and she's so. It's another one of those stories where all of a sudden it's like she doesn't recognize that Jesus shows up in the garden and she's like, gardener, just thinks thinks he's a gardener. Tell me where his body is. And it's not until he says her name, Mary, that she recognizes, oh, this is Jesus. This is the Lord. And then she's filled with this feeling of relief and joy of just like, oh, I... I was expecting the worst news. I was coming to the tomb with the worst news imaginable. And I am like surprised in this sudden feeling of relief and joy mm-hmm. that comes. And so I think we started to write this song and almost this album around that. And even the artwork we ended up trying to, mm-hmm. to display that emotion of like, Oh, I've got good news. Like I'm so relieved and overwhelmed with this joy of this good news after expecting bad news that I have to go share this good news. Does that make sense? feel like one of the emotions that we wanted to convey with this record of that like he was talking about that moment of relief when you hear the good news of the gospel when you hear this isn't it when you hear you know all this is not for nothing when you hear like god is really good and the story isn't over um there's a bible that we read to our little girl we have a three-year-old little girl and uh it's called the jesus storybook bible and you know, there's some crazy Old Testament stories in the Bible, like there reading are. the three-year-old. <laughs> like, you know, there's like, okay, and Goliath fell, and um, he was defeated. <laughs> like, we'll just leave it there because you're three mm-hmm. for now. But mm-hmm. one thing I really like about this Bible is that at the end of every story, from the very beginning, it ties to Jesus. So mm-hmm. you're reading it through the lens of 
of Jesus. And so it'll, we'll go through one of these Old Testament stories, but at the end, it'll be like, and someday a savior will come and wipe away every tear and the ultimate rescuer, you know, that will rescue us for eternity and we'll get to be together. And um, I just think it's been really profound to me to read some of these stories again to her um, really with that lens in mind, because I believe that's the way that we should see the world right now mm-hmm. as Christians that have, you know, that live in a new covenant that have access to Jesus and are saved for eternity, that we get to experience some of these darker moments. Um, and we get to truly, we're living a human experience yeah. that is real, that is really difficult and it's not promised to be easy at all, but we have a hope and we have a source of life and we have good news because mm-hmm. this is not, all there is and so it's that lens that you that you look through while still not being in denial of like hey the world is crazy right now and there's dark really dark evil things happening (laughs) but there is a hope and there's a future and there's a story that is still being told um that through the lens of jesus is a good story Like, I I would love to hear your thoughts on this. You know, I think a lot of people, they can hear good news, but there's also that step of believing the good news. Um, Because, you know, even like Mary in the garden, you know, she, she had, she sees Jesus, but she doesn't believe it's Jesus, like kind of that thing. So, you know, what would you say to someone who has heard the good news, but they're just struggling to believe that, or they just think it's like too good to be true? Mm -hmm. You know, like, what would you say to them to encourage them? It's really good. Yeah, that's actually such a great question. I think I think that what we found over our years and or what I found over the years of my like walk with Jesus is it is it is to not stop asking for him to just show up. And and it's like that I, even in the moments when I don't even believe that he will or I, don't, I feel like my faith is not there, it's like God just opened my eyes to recognize you in all of these moments. And a lot of the times it's like, okay, a year later, I look back and I'm like, Oh God was there in that moment. And sometimes it's so hard to, to see in the exact timing, what God is actually doing and how he's with us. But the fact that he did promise, like, I will be with you. I will walk with you. And I think that is like one of our constant prayers. And one of the songs that we, that we wrote that, end up going the farthest, which is called Holy Spirit. The bridge of that was really has been our prayer for this whole time is let us, um, let us become more aware of your presence. And I think there's something about like an openness to the awareness of what God is doing that helps us recognize him in ways that we wouldn't necessarily see at, see it as being God. And it's, it is those moments that we were just talking about that, like, even in the suffering, even in the hard times, those are the times when we have a hard time recognizing that he's part of it until usually after the fact. And we realize, Oh God, I felt his presence there. I realized that he was there. So I think to someone that is struggling with that belief or that's going through a hard time, it's just maybe pray that prayer. God, like help me be aware of what you're doing in this season right now. Help me be aware of your presence in my life, in my family, how you're working and moving. I know we don't always understand 
And that's definitely not a promise that we'll understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that there will be mystery, but that that God that you would help open my eyes to where you're moving and into your goodness in this season and in moment in life. Yeah, that's really cool. That's beautiful. I love that. There's good news for the captive, a proclamation for every soul. This liberty is full of broken. That was Brian and Katie Torwalt. Make sure to check out their new album, I've Got Good News. Okay, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. You're listening to Foles. The song is 2001. You believe that was 21 years ago? Crazy. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Now, it's been a while. So, Jesse, help me remember. The question we asked our listeners, our dear, dedicated listeners that have stayed to the end of the show, uh, what we asked them was, what's the most absurd thing you've ever done to prevent boredom? Do you remember the genesis of that question? I'm assuming it was because we just had a gut feeling they were going to go a couple weeks without a pod. And <laughs> wanted them to be proactive in, in their thinking. I'm, I'm, that, that's, that's what I... That's I think reason. it was like back in the 80s when we just had to go outside and we made forts and we lit stuff on fire. I think we were through, talking about that kind of stuff. Through rocks It had stuff. something to do that with like a main like hobby for childhood. Yeah, in like the 90, pre-internet, 90s childhood. We're just kind of like having to fill the summer. And I think that's kind of what we were talking about. All right. So there you go. You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. And here are a few of our favorites. Well, this just confirms my suspicions. It said, refresh the feed waiting for the new episode. Well, obviously, that's uh, that's smart. Smart. We did our best. Who said that? No, we didn't. We literally said, we're not even going to try. Like, this is going to be too difficult. I'm I'm in Wyoming. Jesse's sick. Yeah. We literally put in zero effort, Tyler. We did. We. This is great. No, we could have tried. I'm. This is this this is a good answer to this question because this really does sound like the height of boredom. Is David says I once watched Return of the Jedi backwards while lying on the ground with my toe on the VCR's rewind button because I felt like seeing the movie that way instead of rewinding it. So my if my if I'm reading this right. He watched, I'm assuming on, on a VCR, on a VHS tape, he watched Return of the Jedi. At some point, he put it in, he realized he was still at the end credits, and instead of rewinding it, he just <laughs> held his toe down on the rewind button and watched the entirety of Return of the Jedi in fast motion all the way backwards. Yeah, that's that's like... That's You're bored. Peak bored. Some bored summer. That's a bored summer. Bored summer. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. Th- that's yeah. concerningly bored, in my opinion. That's... that. That's, yeah. I mean, we need I an intervention. Feel, I, I feel like that's just going to increase the boredom and un- and you're going to be uncomfortable because you've extended your big toe. Okay. For- so, so again, I'm thinking we're talking about childhood summer boredom, right? That, uh-huh. That's that's in my brain. 
Becca Rankin says, made a video application for Survivor after binge watching it. I'm thinking, oh, like any 12-year-old would. And she goes, lockdown was a strange time. She just did (laughs) this. She literally was binging Survivor during lockdown and as a full-grown adult made it. Hey, if you're in lockdown and you see people on like a foreign island, I get it. I would love to go. That's true. I got to be locked down somewhere. It's a free trip. It's a terrible trip, but it's a free trip. And how many seasons is she talking? Because I'm pretty sure that show has has been on since I've been like five I think it has like 40 seasons. It is something insane. Oh my gosh. I wonder it's if she been watched the entire thing. That would be amazing. That would be uh, that should be her entire application video. I have watched every episode. Like she's like the one person who stuck it out. All right. Uh, I really liked Molly's, which is watched eleven straight seasons of Seventh Heaven, which has virtually no identifiable plot. And as someone who has not seen a single episode since it went off air, and I don't even know early two thousands, I don't know if I remember the plot either. It was about a. Family Christian. He was family? like a pastor, right? Pastor? Yeah. Yeah, dad was a pastor. Yeah, dad was a pastor. Was life as a pastor's That's, family. I will say, Seventh Heaven sounds like a pretty uneventful show. It sounds like everything's going great. You know, like if it was Seventh Hell, <laughs> it's called I'm Seventh in, Heaven. That sounds pretty eventful. <laughs> right? Aren't there seven rings of hell or something? Yeah, I think that seems I, more. Maybe that's where it comes from. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I also. I'm shocked to learn there are eleven seasons of that show. That's. That's. 11 seasons years. of no plot. Yeah, but that was oh, but the that was the that was the this is us of the of the nineties. Yeah. It was just kind of like yeah. you got to know this family. You saw the kids grow up. You just wanted to see what happens to them, and it just kept going. But yeah, what's that pitch meeting even like? This show is about a family. That's all we got. I'll say this. No, no, he's a pastor, so they don't use contraception, and they have seven (laughs) kids. And they're like, well, what's the hook? Well, they're disproportionately attractive to most of society. Just a (laughs) remarkably attractive family that we're just going to kind of follow along with. Yeah. One of them will marry Justin Timberlake in later seasons. So if we can hang on that long, that'll be good. I totally forgot about that. That's funny. Maybe I should do a Seventh Heaven rewatch because now I'm interested. I think you should. And I think you Molly should is describing that. it as being something she only did because she was so bored. So that's not that's not <laughs> Again, like a, a lot great of these pitch. things. A lot of these things seems like they would increase boredom. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think we need to send Molly some Netflix recommendations because there's better options than watching eleven straight seasons of is Seventh, Seventh Heaven. Heaven even there's, on Netflix. Like, where do you stream that? Pure yeah, Flix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. One he of has those. Pure Flix Premium. Like she can get Seventh Heaven, also eleven seasons. I can't quite wrap my head around how this one worked. So Berto says, my cousin and I created a new language to communicate amongst the guys, but have opened it up to the ladies. High school senior year of 2014. It's called. I'm going to try this. Establishi. There you go. But the I is silent. Establishi. Or establish. 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 There you go. Let me know if you want to learn. Hmm. Well, I have a bad feeling that her secret language is just adding eyes to the end of words that already exist and saying the eye is silent. Because it looks to me like your secret language is just called establish, which I got news for you. That's already a word. Like you can't just add <laughs> eyes to things and say it's secret language. Uh, Kara Higgins says she went to the top of the neighborhood hill and would spray Dawn dish soap right down or down before a rainstorm. And then she said it was epic because then, you know, you wet the hill, you can slide. (laughs) I I had a lot of shenanigans when I was bored with this Dawn dish soap. Like me and my friends would sneak out at night. I would get every pot and pan 
pristine. We would go, we would go to like the grocery store and buy all of it. We would buy every Dawn that we could. And we'd go to like the fountains in front of apartment complexes and stuff and just, or hot tubs at an apartment complex. And we just dump it full of Dawn. And then when they turn on the fountain or turn on the hot tub, it just explodes. It's hilarious. I shut down roads. It was great. I burned like, up so many hot tub motors doing that. <laughs> Damn, it was just a real gas. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, my my pranks were hilarious to me and me alone, and uh, not to the res- the residents of the Fairfield apartment complex. So, anyway, all right. Well, there's a lot more that I came from. If you want to check it out? Just go check out uh, the replies at Relevant Podcast on Twitter. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Uh, you know, the, the whole Stranger Things making Kate Bush number one on all the charts got us thinking about what other uh, kind of iconic favorite songs that maybe you have in your life that you think something, uh, a viral clip on TikTok or, or a movie should propel back into the cultural zeitgeist. Uh, what's the song that you want everybody to love as much as you love it? Uh, tell us. We'll play some clips on the show next week. I mean, they, like, like I, you had, you had Toto's Africa, like that was a couple of years that had cranberry really big, juice sold you know? out because of that yeah. skateboarder. You know, I mean, like, oh yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Fleetwood Mac had the yeah, had dreams yeah. come back, and there's always it seems like one, like what you get about one a year. This year is the, this is going to be the year of Kate Bush. I guess we'll see what people pick for 2023. What's going to be the next one? Yeah, but let's listen to a couple when we get these. Yo, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we'll make a playlist. Yeah. We can oh, put yeah. a little what if, what if somebody oh, yeah. says Will Smith's Wild Wild West? <laughs> And, based on and, the, what's going to be the thing that brings that back into the nest? Yeah, you can't. Oh. What if you put that in a different movie? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just it's like like a, like an A24 drama, just for no reason. <laughs> wow, wow, starts playing. Like what? Oh, I love it. All right. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to once again thank Brian and Katie Toralt for joining us today. Make sure to check out their brand new album. I've got good news. It's on all streaming platforms. Also, a little reminder, uh, make sure to check out Relevant Plus. Uh, The Relevant Plus subscription gives you access to a ton of exclusive features, extra podcasts, ad-free content, and more. You can find out all the information and sign up on our website. It's as little as... $2.50 Two fifty a month, I believe, maybe two ninety nine a month. Uh, you get a free, or, or I'm sorry, you get an early released edition of this podcast, also ad free as part of Relevant Plus. So if you like this show but you don't like all the promos, go check out Relevant Plus. <laughs> also, while you're there at the site, get a good look at the latest digital issue of Relevant. We feature conversations with Channing Tatum, Ryan Reynolds, Shauna Nequist, Brooke Ligerwood, and so many more amazing, fascinating people. You can read the ad-supported free version by clicking the magazine tab and Relevant Plus uh, members get an uh, enhanced edition uh, ad-free as well. You can go check that out. All right. Hey, and if you want to stay in touch with everything relevant or are the best stuff we're putting out, sign up for the relevant daily newsletter. Uh, you get an email in your inbox every morning with our top five trending stories. It's a great way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening at Relevant. You can sign up right there on the homepage or on any of the article pages at relevantmagazine.com. Hey, and follow Relevant on all the socials to kind of not miss a thing. We're on Twitter and Facebook all day long. We're on Instagram occasionally and TikTok rarely, but we're on all of them. So make sure to follow along. We're at Relevant at Relevant Magazine. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jess Gary. I'm Emily Brown. Tyler Huckabee. All right, we'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. 
listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. It's like the Peloton instructor of water bottles. Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.